0: For more information, head on over to centeredinthecity.org and claim your 7-day free trial. Welcome back to the Centered in the City podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Today we're going to explore how to deal with expectations, which can be such a bitch. So let's take a deep breath and let's settle in and let's get centered. Today I want to discuss the impact of creating expectations. And just knowing that we have expectations I think is the first step. We walk around a lot of our lives creating assumptions, thinking we clearly communicated what we want or what our values are or what we expected to happen And when that doesn't unfold how we think it should have gone based on how we think we communicated, it can be really bumpy, let me tell you. To use the words from Glennon Doyle, I'm in the messy middle of managing some of my own expectations. And I'm going to be kind of discreet in order to protect people's privacy but the last few months particularly the last month or so I have been dealing with a lot of grief around expectations I had now I didn't know I had expectations until I felt this immense immense amount of grief and anger and frustration and it took me a few weeks of Self reflection, of journaling, of sitting with it, of talking with my therapist around it, to really understand what I was feeling and how I had created expectations in my mind around this certain interaction and relationship dynamic. And I was feeling so much grief. Like I'm talking not the type of grief of mourning a lost one, but it felt that sense of loss like I had for sure thought that this person was this way and this would happen semi like this and I hit this wall of realizing it wasn't going to happen like that and this sense of loss took me over I was so depressed for a few weeks. I was horizontal. I was going on walks trying to let this feeling go and shake it out, but it wasn't going anywhere. I picked up Pema Chodron's book, When Things Fall Apart. And it was a powerful book for me to read at this moment in time to give me some more language to what I was experiencing and feeling. And I recognized that my mind had created these expectations. It had created this delusional vision of what should be happening. And I was resisting accepting what is, what was happening in that moment. I noticed how delusional I was being and Even reading that word delusional off of the page and saying it to myself was hard to hear. It was hard to hear that I've been in this fairy tale world, living this delusion, living in this made up story. And it was also this reminder for me of somebody who studies this work, who teaches this work, who really tries to live a present, aware life. It was this next layer of a of quote unquote awakening for me just to recognize, oh yeah, my mind is making up constant stories and here goes another one. And this one was so deeply embedded that it really knocked me to my ground. So even as I still feel like I'm in the messy middle of exploring how to work with these types of really rooted expectations, the first step is just the awareness that there is an expectation in the mind, that there is some sort of story, whether we think we communicated something clearly or not or how something should have gone, there's this story that unfolds. And when that doesn't match the reality, there's tension And so just to recognize in that moment, oh, that was an expectation of the mind. You know, I've had many expectations and, you know, simple examples of ones are when I've expected my husband to get me a really great holiday gift. And when the holidays roll around and I unwrap what I unwrap, and it's not that, image that was in my mind's eye of you know that piece of jewelry or that piece of clothing that I wanted or that type of experience that is an expectation right there and it can hurt and in the past I've noticed that I have a lot of expectations in my mind and when reality would hit and it Wouldn't match what was in my mind, there was a lot of pain. And so that started to tell my inner world that I can't receive anything because nothing is out there that I want. Because I keep having these expectations that this is going to unfold how I want it to, and it doesn't, so I don't want to receive it. And so when I was in that cycle, I mean, this is years ago, but when I was in that cycle, It kept me bitter, it kept me resentful, it kept me resisting what is in life. And so there's a balance because we can't just say, you know, be grateful for everything that you have when you also might know that deep down there's a want, there's a want and a need that hasn't fully been expressed. And so as I'm in this messy middle and I've been sitting with this deep grief that I've been experiencing over the last few weeks, I've had to ask myself really what is the want, what is the need that I have and how can I take responsibility to communicate it more clearly because I recognize the way that I thought I was communicating clearly was not actually clear at all. It was passive or maybe layered with some hidden things. And I'm realizing the older I get, the more I get into this work, just how important our communication is, how important it is to really say what's on our heart and our mind. Somewhere over the last 10 years, I think I've personally lost some of my clarity around communication because being a New Yorker, I have this direct, no BS attitude and moving to Seattle, I realized within my first year or so that my directedness, my boldness was quote unquote too much. It was too overpowering. It took up too much space and it pushed people away. And so it trained me to kind of lower that down, you know, take that away, soften it, try to make space for other people. And it's, of course, great to create more inclusive environments. But I noticed that was dimming my ability to get clear. I started to seep into more of this passive-aggressive way of communication that is very present here in the Pacific Northwest, And so sitting with that over the last decade and then recognizing this grief that I immensely felt this last month or so, I looked at myself in the figurative mirror and asked myself, this is an opportunity to get clearer with communication, Because if I am not clearly communicating, I cannot expect my needs to be met. And if my needs are being met, I can't blame others. I have to really take that personal responsibility and look inwards at what can I be doing. How can I show up more clear and intentional and in alignment with myself? So to recap so far, we want to one be able to recognize that there is an expectation in the mind's eye, an expectation that something is going to happen in the future. And if you are perfectionists or a recovering perfectionists like me, you recognize you have really high expectations of others and of self. And when those don't unfold as the mind created it, we can get really critical and it can create a lot of tension and suffering. So that's the first step, right? To notice that there's expectations. The second step is to then go deeper and explore what's the need underneath the expectation? Like what's really trying to be communicated under That expectation, like get to that root need. Is it safety? Is it a sense of connection? Is it a sense of love? Is it trust? Like, whatever that is for you, getting really clear on that deeper root need. And then the third step is to get clear, clear with yourself and clear with whoever you are trying to communicate with and explore how can you speak from that need, not from maybe the superficial words, but really communicate from your deeper need. I know I can easily fall into the traps of telling other people what they need to do and what they need to change. And so I'm constantly trying to pause that natural tendency (laughs) and ask my own self like what can I do differently how can I communicate more clearly more effectively and sometimes even with that sense of clarity and communication our needs won't get met we might still feel that sense of failed expectations and hurt And that's really where we get to offer ourselves a lot of self-compassion, a lot of tender care, and nurture ourselves, nurture that inner wound that's hurting, and know that we as the individual can fill our own needs because we can't rely on all of our relationships to fill our needs. But we get to be empowered to fill our own. And that doesn't mean we got to fill our own. Nobody else can help us. Like, no, that's not part of life. We want to let people in. We want to build those relationships. You know, there's so much research on what makes the healthiest, happiest life is meaningful, connected relationships. I come back to these really powerful words from Pema Chodron in her book, when things fall apart and she says on page 80 only in an open space where we're not all caught up in our own version of reality can we see and hear and feel who others really are which allows us to be with them and communicate with them properly so it's this reminder of how much gunk and filters are in all of our minds that create these delusional aspects of reality and how when we can recognize them, we can label them and choose to detangle from them, however hard or easy, and come back to the clarity of reality. And if we can all live a little bit more from that place Of present reality and not allow our emotional and mental gunk to filter the lenses in which we see and interact the world, how much more connected we can truly be with one another. And I know this sounds really utopian and beautiful, but when I read these words, it gives my mind and heart hope. It helps me feel hopeful and it gives me this drive to continue to strengthen my mindfulness muscles, to work on my mental health so that I can be more present and clear and not let the gunk of my wounds or the expectations or the shoulds or my emotions filter the reality in the present moment because I truly want to be connected to my relationships. I want to be present and in reality with them. I hope this exploration is helpful for you in your life, wherever you are on the journey, maybe in the messy middle with me, maybe just noticing that you're experiencing expectations or maybe you're over the hump Someplace and know even more than I'm sharing in this moment. So thank you for being here as always. I'd love to hear what's resonating with you. If this episode touches a place in your heart, send me a message on Instagram at one Wade. Share it with a friend, and let's support each other being present, so that we can all more deeply connect without our shit. <laughs> so, if you're looking for not only inspiration on holistic practices of how you get to connect inwards, but if you're also looking for ways to build mindfulness based rituals in your life, then check us out at centeredinthecity.org. Sign up for your seven day free trial. Explore what it feels like to have a platform that gets to be your centered space when the world feels really chaotic that you get to pause and turn inwards to take care and connect to yourself. Thanks so much for being here. And until next time, stay centered.